welcome everyone to the podcast. We call this From the Preacher Study. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Uh, my colleague is Kevin Clark. Uh, he's one of the members here. He's an attorney at law. And so we, we've been talking about the Christian's relationship to government and to the law. Kevin can speak very well to that point. That's, that's how he makes his mm-hmm. living. He spends a lot of time immersed in that, in that arena. And so right. he has a good insight into our obligations and how we relate to the government, mm-hmm. to the law. And so um, uh, has, has a lot of good things to say. Of course, what we want to do is base our teaching and our practice right. on the Word of God. That's right. And God speaks to this issue, Christian's relationship to government. Mm-hmm. We began that last week. We're going to continue that this week. And uh, we're going to just maybe talk a little bit about some things that we brought up last week and, and maybe introduce some new things as well. And so let's start thinking in that in that line, in that vein, what's my relationship to the government? What are my responsibilities to civil government? And hope we can uh, cause us to think a little bit about those things and maybe even make some adaptations in our behavior. Kevin. Amen. Well, I just want to thank everybody again for uh, tuning into the podcast. We're so very appreciative of this platform we have to spread God's word. That's exactly what we're trying to do. As you notice, each one of these podcasts, we really rely heavily upon the text of the word, of God's word because that is what builds faith. That is God's revealed will to us. That's what saves us. And so we're not here spouting our own opinions and own life experiences, but really trying to bring out the truth of God's word uh, on any of these subjects that we address. And so we appreciate so very much your devotion to that, your interest in that. As we say, every podcast, encourage others to, to watch and listen. It's a very small digestible bite, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, and we can all find that amount of time to think about spiritual things. We think you'll be blessed. We want to always, as we we uh, try to do thank our two deacons uh, who help us in this effort, and that's Jason Reed and Mark Townsend. We thank them for lending their talents and abilities. You know, God blesses us with different abilities, different talents, and they're using those talents and abilities in a way to bring glory to His kingdom. We appreciate them, appreciate their families for the sacrifices that, that they have been made. But I do, as he said, I, I do think this is a very important topic that we think about our relationship to our government to make sure that we don't get caught up and some of the fads of the time, some of the thinking of the time, remembering what we're really trying to do here, which is to serve God, honor Him, and bring as many souls to Christ as we possibly can, and not to get caught up in one side or the other. We live in a very divided society politically these days, and the, the culture wars and uh, the politics and uh, the society is kind of split down the middle. And Christians have to rise above those sorts of things because, again, we're trying to reach souls on all political stripes. We're trying to reach all people. We also want people to conform their conduct, their thinking, their views to the Bible, regardless of what some of the parties and some of the uh, politicians say. But as doing that, while we do that, we do and we must obey the law because, as was said last time, 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17, this is the will of God. If it is God's will, we must do it. All right. Well, I just want to maybe uh, go back and talk about just a few verses that sort of lay the the found uh, the, the foundation for our discussion. We live in two kingdoms. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live in we live in the United States, and so right. we're, we're citizens of this particular nation, and we have certain obligations we that, that brings us some blessings and That's some right. rights and privileges. That's right. But we also bear some responsibility right. to to live in whatever nation you might live in. But our true citizenship is in heaven. That's so that's right. Philippians chapter three and verse twenty. Our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so just keep that in mind. Our, our eternal citizenship mm-hmm. is in the kingdom of heaven. Right. It takes priority. That's it supersedes 
our relationship with our civil government. And so as much as we enjoy the rights and privileges we have and take on the responsibility, let's not get so focused and caught up in this world, mm-hmm. in this life, in the affairs of this government, mm-hmm. that we we give it priority over right. our citizenship in heaven. Right. Let's look at First Timothy chapter ah, two, yes, yes. and we're going to take a look at uh, verse one and two. Paul says, first of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions, thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. We have a responsibility to mm-hmm. pray for our leaders. That's and right. I know here at Oak Mountain, we do that on a regular right. basis mm-hmm. in our assembly, but mm-hmm. in our private prayers as mm-hmm. well. You might not like the president. You might right. not like the Congress or the Senate. You might not right. like your state governor, but you have a responsibility to pray for them. That's right. And, uh, and here he says, he, he mentions the objective to mm-hmm. that prayer. Mm-hmm so that we might lead a tranquil and quiet life Mm -hmm. as Christians, that we might go about our faith and live Mm -hmm. out our faith as Christians without the government bothering us about it. That's right. And so that's our goal. That's what we're praying for. That's our responsibility. Look at Romans 13. We looked Mm -hmm. at that a moment uh, last in our last podcast, Mm -hmm. Romans chapter 13. There Paul tells us that we have a responsibility to obey the government mm-hmm. and obey its laws. Mm-hmm. And so you see that beginning in verse 1, that there is no authority except from God. Those which exist are established by God. Whoever resists the authority has opposed the ordinance of God and so forth. And that First Peter chapter 2 passage mm-hmm. as well, we mm-hmm. won't go back over that. But we right. have a responsibility to obey That's the right. law. Right. We are, have a responsibility to pay our taxes as yes, well. Yes. You see that in Romans 13, you verse did. 7. Right. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due. Mm-hmm. And remember, Jesus taught us to pay our taxes, to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And you're paying, in that day, you're, they're paying taxes to the Roman government, exactly right. which is going to be responsible for putting Jesus to right, death. So right, right. It, it, he doesn't. He doesn't suggest now. If you agree with your government, right, pay your taxes. Right, no, right. you pay your taxes, mm-hmm. even if they're doing things that you don't approve of that's with right. that money. That's correct. And so that's a point to make as well. Then First Peter chapter two tells us to honor the king. Mm-hmm. And so again, we may not appreciate those who are ruling over us, but we're to show them respect and right. show them honor. So there, there are four things. Mm-hmm. We're to pray for those mm-hmm. who are in authority. We're to obey the law. Mm-hmm. We're to pay our taxes. Mm-hmm. We're to show respect That's right. uh, to the government. And so we, we want to be sure that we carry out all of those things. We can get caught up sometimes in, in politics right. and uh, show really a great deal of disrespect and dishonor mm-hmm. to those of our leaders with whom we disagree. Right. And so I'm not saying got to approve of the policies right. or agree right. with the policies, right. but we need to remember these, these people have been appointed to this position by God himself. Right. That's right. And so I need to show some respect. Yeah, I especially like the last point, honor the king, uh, because as you say, when we get really excited about some of the political initiatives that one part or the other is doing, uh, we can get very agitated, and a, that agitation can be expressed in our words, and we can be pretty careless and say some pretty crass things and some things that are inappropriate because uh, they're inconsistent with the idea of honoring the king. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very mindful. I, th- I like the comparison between Paul, uh, when you may remember when the uh, chief priest commanded him to be struck, 
And uh, Paul responded verbally, very strongly, God will strike you, you whitewashed tomb. Uh, and, and then he was told, do you speak that way to the, the ruler of the people, the chief priest? Did you know that? And once he heard that, he immediately recanted and said, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you've got to respect the ruler of your people. In fact, quoted an Old Testament passage in doing that. Contrast that with John the Baptist, who simply told uh, Herod that he had no right to have his brother Philip's wife. Uh, that, that, that is a difference because Paul kind of went over the pale a little bit, this God will strike you whitewashed tomb. John stuck very carefully to just the disagreement, the facts. You have a woman who is not properly yours. And I think that's a great example of that. We've got to be right. careful. We're not saying you can't disagree. Uh, you saw time and time again the travels of uh, Paul when he was put to, uh, he was tried for various uh, allegations that were false. He would say, these guys can't prove what they're saying. I disagree with that. This is false. But he had learned to do that in a way that was respectful, contrary to what he said on that one occasion to the chief priest. Um, so he made the point that we need to, uh, we need to obey the law. We've talked a little bit about even laws that we don't agree with, uh, even the kind of the minor laws like a speed limit law or something like that that right. we don't think, may not think, well, that's, that's not so terrible to, to violate that law. But, but still, as Christians, we have a duty to obey the law. Uh, it's what God has asked us to do. Uh, and there are reasons for that. We've touched on some of those, some of those reasons. Now, when there's conflict mm -hmm. between what God requires and what the government requires of us, in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. And so if the God were to prohibit us from assembling together for worship, mm -hmm. completely forbid that, mm -hmm. well, we must obey God rather than men. Right. And so if God simply, if the government simply required of us something that was in direct conflict with what God requires of us, well, then... Our loyalty is always to God first. I will, I will make this point, however, as a kind of an addendum to that. S sometimes we're a little bit quick <laughs> to say, oh, th the government is uh, requiring me to do something that conflicts with my religious duty, when really right. they're just making it inconvenient right. for us right. to carry out right. our religious that's duty. Right. That's right. And that, that's not a true conflict. That's right. Uh, and so we need to be careful about that. We need to be careful that we're not looking for a reason to mm -hmm. defy the government mm -hmm. and do what we want to do exactly. when really they're making it inconvenient. I'm not sure I'm saying that very well. You want no. to comment on yeah, that a little bit, Kevin? Absolutely. And I like, if you, if you look at Acts 5, this is a great illustration of the point you're making. Look at the direct nature of the conflict. So you had the angel who had told the apostles who had been in prison for their teaching. He says in chapter 5, verse 20, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And so God's command through the angel was, you go in the temple and you preach and you teach the gospel. Now, what happened when they get in front of the Sanhedrin council? Uh, verse 20, uh, 27, when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in his name? And look, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us direct conflict the angel says you go to the temple you preach these words and the high or the council is saying didn't we tell you not to do the very thing you just got through doing there's a conflict but a lot of times what we say is a conflict is not a conflict at all it, it, like you say it may be a different way of doing things you know sometimes the government will have some restrictions or, or even employers have restrictions saying that in certain situations you cannot talk about these things 
Is that necessarily a direct conflict? Maybe not. If I'm on the job, for example, uh, there's some laws that say that I need to focus on uh, the job. I can't religiously uh, harass other people. And so I may not be able to have discussions at that particular time in that particular place with an audience for which that communication is unwanted. That's a, a very a key word in the law. But maybe you can have that conversation on a lunch break. Maybe you can have that conversation uh, in a break earlier or off campus. Or something. So is it really a conflict when the government or the employer says, hey, you can't do this on this particular occasion, this time, but if you want to do it somewhere else. I mean, I think your point is well taken is we're too quick to say we have an Acts 529. Well, if Acts 529, what you're saying is this, what the government has said, if I were to do this, I would be in direct violation of God's law. So to discipline yourself, do this. What law of God, what scripture would I point to to say that if I do this or I don't do this, I would be violating God's word. Discipline yourself to figure out what is that scripture. If you can't find it, that may be a good indication that you don't have something like that. Right. So just, just that's food for thought. Think right. about that as we think about our relationship with the government, our responsibility to obey the law and to obey God's law and where there's conflict. So give, give that some thought. And another thing that I wanted to suggest is I don't see anywhere in the scripture where we're told to sort of blend the gospel with politics, right? Blend the gospel with the state, yes, and make the state, yes, uh, you know, a, a Christian sort of entity, right? I, I kind of wonder about that. I mean, what if we were to do that? Are we going to pass a law saying all people must observe the Lord's Supper every week? Right. I mean, is that going right. to be part of the right. law? Right. Or if the 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 law was. Uh, all, all people must be baptized, but you can baptize in any form. I mean, right, right. So there's all sorts of questions and comments and conflicts. Now, that, that sounds good. We want more Christian leadership and so uh -huh, forth, uh -huh. but we need to be careful about that. Right. Most of the time, I think, when, when that's happened, when there's been a, a blending of, of the gospel with politics, either the gospel is so watered down right, right. that it becomes just completely ineffective right, at all right. and that happens in the world a it lot does. of countries have state churches right. and nobody goes to church exactly. you know yeah. or it become the government imposes some sort of un strange unusual sectarian right. approach you know right. some idiosyncratic approach what we really want is for the government to leave us alone that's right that's right so that we yeah. can carry out our conscience right as we understand scripture we don't want someone to dictate to us right. how to carry out our faith. Right. And so we want to be able to carry out our faith according to our conscience and our understanding of Scripture. And we want the government to leave us alone so that we can do that. Yeah. Let me you want, just, you'll comment on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, and I think it goes back to the passage you read, 1 Timothy 2, when he said that you ought to pray for those in authority. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. It's the same principle. He says, I, we want the government to stay out of Christianity. We just want to have the right to practice our faith according to the dictates of God's word. And we'd rather that separation exists. And you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, if you even look at the First Amendment, a lot of times people are talking about, well, we're trying to protect the state from religion. I think it's just as much plausible to say we're trying to protect religion from the state. Because you say when you get the two intermixed, uh, it tends to dilute the potency uh, of the religion. Uh, we don't want, and I don't want a country uh, where we have leaders dictating to us how we practice our religion for another practical reason. How do you know it's always going to be people who are issuing dictates according to the scriptures? Right. 
And you could have somebody get in from a different faith, a different belief, or even under Christianity broadly defined, demanding that you do some things that you know are contrary to God's word. I'd rather that not happen. I'd rather, right. again, I want to live a quiet, peaceful life serving my God in, in consistency with the scriptures. And so what, we're, we're, we're not saying uh, be disinterested in no, no, government no, no, or no. be disinterested no. in the, the moral uh, path the, right. the country is right. on. We're, right. we're not saying any, uh, any of right. that. We are interested in... And shining the light of the gospel in the That's world. Right. We're right. interested in the influence of the gospel in the world and so right. forth. We just want to be careful that uh, we, we don't take the gospel and really make it something that it's not. It's right. not a political right. uh, platform. It's not a political agenda. Right. It's something different from that. We want to be careful not to make try to make it that, change the nature of the gospel. That's right. I'd say this, and you're consistent with that. Again, we all know sometimes that politics do uh, delve into the area of morality. And so there right. may be That's right. some moral positions that we, yeah, we say, yeah, th this is wrong. Uh, we have some positions on abortion or maybe homosexuality or gay marriage and things of that nature. But again, it's an idea that the morality is embedded within God's uh, dictates. And we have to defend that in every which way we can. But we're not going to use carnal means uh, to advance God's uh, kingdom. Ultimately, it's the power of God's word to interact with people's hearts that's going to bring what God wants, which is uh, voluntary service. And that's that's key. God gave us free will, right? We can't dictate every aspect of our relationship with God. If that were the case, God would have done that himself and could have done it perfectly well. But he teaches us something where he says, look, I want you to come to me voluntarily. And we have to give people a certain amount of space to voluntarily come to the gospel. Again, we're going to fight for some moral issues. Sometimes there's an intersection of politics and morality, but we need to be very careful about our right. influence for Christ. Right. Well, our time is out. Uh, this this session, the last session, it got by pretty quickly. Uh, and uh, anyway, so we might have left a lot on the table. Maybe we'll come back to this in a later a later podcast. But uh, see that our time's out. I hope that we've been able to maybe cause us to think about some things, uh, maybe think about them in a different mm -hmm. way than we've been thinking about them before. Mm -hmm. But trying, really trying to. Help us to think biblically about right, about these things. Right. What is our relationship to the government, right. and um, you know what is our, our duty as Christians to to the government? Amen. And so we're trying to bring that out. Well, again, we appreciate appreciate everybody watching. Hope it's been beneficial. We want to close with a word of prayer. Sure. Kevin, would you lead us? Sure. The gracious heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for everything you have done, do, and will do for us. We thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for the basic necessities of life, the food, the clothing, our shelter, our jobs, whereby we can provide for ourselves, our family, give to those who are poor, and certainly advance your kingdom on, on this side of the grave. We thank you so very much for forgiveness of sins that we have through your son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross. What a remarkable thing that that gift of love was given to us and that it's accessible to us, all of us, uh, who obey the conditions of that grace. We're so very thankful for that in your church and the light that it is in a sea of darkness. We know this world is under the sway of the wicked one, but uh, the church is a light that shows uh, the path uh, to you and to fellowship with you. And we ask that all of us who are on that path do a better job of shining that light in our respective areas of life, whether it be our workplace, our schools, our neighborhoods, uh, wherever we have an opportunity to uh, share the gospel. We've been talking about a uh, Christian's relationship to government, and we're so very thankful. We understand that government is from you, that that's a blessing for us. It's designed for the praise of those who do good and the punishment of those who do bad. And uh, we really appreciate the order that is brought to bear and, and really the liberty that we have when you have law and order. And so we appreciate that. We'd ask that we have a, do a better job of honoring our leaders, praying for our leaders, obeying our leaders, 
Uh, we want them to, to give us a space to practice our religion. Uh, we're not disinterested in the government, but we also want to be careful that we don't corrupt uh, or adulterate our influence for you and for saving souls by getting too involved in politics. Let's be mindful of that, that we are, as was mentioned in this podcast and the other, we are dual citizens. Most importantly, we are citizens of your kingdom, but we also have political citizenship uh, wherever we find ourselves. And if there are situations where there are conflicts between the two, let us recognize those conflicts and certainly give priority uh, to your kingdom and your dictates. As uh, Peter said, we ought to obey you rather than man. Please help us to have that commitment. But also, let's be careful not to be too quick to see those conflicts if they're not really there, to try to work with the government as much as we can, uh, look for win-wins, opportunities for the government to fulfill whatever objectives it has in mind, but at the same time allowing us to be true to you and true to the dictates of your word and to, uh, with the example of Daniel, to find a way to accomplish both simultaneously. If it's impossible, let us have the intestinal fortitude and the courage to do what's right regardless of the circumstances. But we do need to look for ways to live peaceably with all men, including the men that populate our government. Uh, we thank you for the, the light that you've given to us that tells us that we're to pay taxes and obey our government and pray for our government and, and to work with our government as much as we can. And please help us do a better job of doing that. When we disagree with the government, and those disagreements will be had. Please help us to always disagree respectfully, to focus on the issues and not get into character assassinations and, and saying things that we ought not, uh, to make sure, again, that we're upholding the light of Christ, even in our criticism of our leaders. And please help us, too, as our brother Bob encourages us, to remember what's the most important thing. We're trying to win souls for Jesus, get people prepared for eternity with, with you, and we don't want to do anything or say anything that's going to compromise our ability to do that, our influence, and our goodwill with those that uh, are lost in, in a sea of darkness and need the light of the gospel that we're bringing to them. We thank you for so many things you've done for us. We thank you for your care. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your insight. We thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your love. We hope that we'll continue to appreciate that great sacrifice and show that appreciation for what Jesus did by how we live our lives, that we're always mindful of the great cost that was paid for the sin that we engage in, that sin that separated us from you. And please help us just determine to, to do that less, to get the sin out of our lives, because that was a terrible price that was paid, and we don't want to take for granted what Jesus did and insult the spirit of grace and count the blood by which we were sanctified a common thing. Uh, such a wondrous thing to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Let us show that in our lives. We ask you to continue to be with us, be with this effort. May many souls be one to you uh, by the preaching of your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.